the intro again. Don't, please don't. You really gonna do this? Yeah, it's our show. We do what we want. Oh my God, no! Not another freaking wrestling podcast. Yay! Like I said, I don't get people watching. So either you love me or you don't. I love you. I love you too. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Not Another Freaking Wrestling Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm JD, and um, I couldn't get Taylor Swift tickets. <laughs> and I'm Jake, and I'm begging for the people to come back in from the parking lot, buy another t-shirt. And I'm just fucking broken. <laughs> and I'm Will, and hit me up if you want Taste Swizzle tickets. I got all of them. I am the ticket master. Of course you did. Oh, fuckers are going for like forty-one thousand dollars. Yeah, for no, fucking I, nosebleeds. We tried to do uh, the the pre-sale. It didn't didn't happen. Didn't happen. I didn't know you were a big uh, T Swift fan. Yes, yes, I am actually. JD Why is a Swifty. JD's a Swifty. I'm definitely a Swifty. He is the most basic of basic white women. I'm fine with this. <laughs> <laughs> Got my Uggs in the closet. I'll get my pumpkin spice latte after the show. We're all good. Got to get it at Starbucks, though. It doesn't count. Oh, of course it's Starbucks. Who the fuck drinks Duncan? Not me. Duncan tried to kill me one time. It's cheaper and tastes better. And their, their, coffee is, their coffee is okay. I don't like their lattes. Yes. Their donuts rule. Their iced coffee is great. I had to go to the ER and get an EpiPen because of them one time. What? Yeah, because I so uh, on my way to work with my girlfriend and because we both worked like right next door to each other. So we're on our way to work and we swing by Duncan to get some coffee and she gets her stuff. And then I order mine and I explicitly say, hey, please no almond milk. Y'all will kill me if you do. And they're like, all right, we got you. And <laughs> put fucking almond milk in it. And so I go into work and I'm trying to open up the restaurant and like, five minutes in you know take my sip and then it just starts feeling like this feels weird and then <laughs> a few more minutes go by and i'm like oh this is yep and i just immediately <laughs> texted her and i was like those fuckers are trying to kill me <laughs> bruh <laughs> sounds like a very will story yeah uh, all right so uh this week we are discussing our favorites of all time now when we uh, discuss this in the group chat, I'll lay out the criteria for everyone I laid out for in the group. Uh, this isn't a greatest of all time discussion. So if someone's on your list and they're not the best of all time, it doesn't matter. That just means they're one of your favorites. Um, well, mine are the best of all time, though. Well, that's just you. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this can be based on anything that any criteria you have or the, or the individual has because their favorites or their favorites are not everybody's favorites. And we should understand that. Now, understandably, we're all going to react to each other's uh, lists. We're all going to have fun. We may poke fun at each other. But um, I, I think this will be a, a lot of fun to discuss because I don't think I've just ever discussed this with any of you in my top 10 or anything. I usually uh, just always heard what you liked that was going on at the time. Yeah. I mean, they were your, you know. And and then since I, I, we talked about doing this, I've intentionally not told anyone who's on my list just so that it's a surprise when we when we got in here to discuss it. My top five is pretty obvious if you really think about it. But uh, your top six, five, I feel like I, I can figure out pretty quick. Yeah, my six through ten was hard for me to nail down. So I think uh, 
I think we all know who your number one is going to be. And I'm really hoping we just all say it in unison. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, since I suggested this and everything, I'll kick it off because, uh, again, nobody's ever heard mine. And that's kind of exciting to me. Let's go. So I've got some honorable mentions to get out of the way before we get into this because uh, there's a few that just fell right outside my top ten. Uh, the first of which was AJ Styles. Uh, AJ was what helped me get back into wrestling after the Attitude Era was over when uh, I started watching TNA. And uh, just incredible match after incredible match. And uh, I, I'll always be thankful for him. And I was, always, I was also, also very thankful for the opportunity to tell him that in person when I met him at Woody's show. That was really cool. Yeah. Um, secondly, uh, another the, the last honorable mention of mine uh, would have to be Trish Stratus. She fell out just outside my top ten as well. Uh, but, I mean, she's the women's wrestling pioneer, and that was who was hot when I was growing up. Literally, she was hot, and she was very good. <laughs> she's not I was hot more, now. She's still hot, but, you know, that was I just was more of a Lita guy, but. I, mean, I love Lita too. I, she I didn't get, make my top ten though. I couldn't even. I couldn't justify her putting in there. Putting her in there. That's so fair. I'll start out uh, with a little bit of a surprise that maybe how low he is on the list. But Shawn Michaels is my number ten. All the way at ten. Yeah, yeah. Uh, see, this was just my favorites of all times, personal. Yeah. Like, but like right. when I started watching, when I really started getting WWE, Shawn Michaels was just like walking out the door. Like I was, I watched yeah. WCW up until then. So Shawn Michaels was kind of cycling out as I was getting in WWE, and Stone Cold was taking over as the man. So like, <coughs> I didn't get as much of his early career and his later career while it was fantastic. It just, and it, from an in-ring perspective, I think he's one of the best of all time. But just his pants game was just not on point for the second go around, though. <laughs> the brown I started pants. out in the regular long tights, and then he went like, to it. So I kind of like the brown pants with just how older Sean's face looked. But man, dude, like first go around, Sean. Oh, my God. He wrote the book on entrance gear. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, my number nine is uh, Chris Jericho. I don't like Jericho so much as a person anymore. Okay. <laughs> okay. But from an in-ring perspective... Uh, Jericho, one one of the earliest segments I ever remember watching on wrestling was his uh, list of 1,001 holds. Give me back my holds! <laughs> which which version of Jericho would you say is your favorite version, though? That one. WCW Jericho? WCW Cruiserweight Jericho, yeah. Himbo Jericho. Uh, that, that man was just fucking phenomenal. Personally, I'm honestly, I think the most fun I've had with one of his runs other than that was his run with Owens in the list. Oh, that yeah. was pretty, that was a lot of fun too. The new best friends was a good thing. Uh, my number eight is Brian Danielson. Uh, Danielson helped me get into the deeper Indies. Uh, he, it, like I, I started watching, seeing him on like uh, just YouTube clips and that's what like led me into dragon gate and ring of honor and just all sorts of other wrestling that was out there that I had no idea was there before. Yep, same. I can. Uh, I can so Danielson uh, will always hold a special place in my heart, and it was hard to put him so low on the list because, like, I feel like he should have been in my top five, but then, like, my top five is just I, I couldn't move anyone. 
Okay. Uh, number seven. This is where I think I'll, I'll surprise a few people. Sean Tempers. Getting the Ooh. local flavor in it. All right. Yes. Uh, Tempers. I saw him as a kid a bunch because um, whenever we did like wrestling fundraisers for the wrestling team at Saudi. Yeah. But we would bring in NWA Chattanooga and they would run shows for us as a, as a fundraiser. And Tempers was on every single one of those. And uh, the old tempers is uh, this was back when he was running with Rev too. And the, uh, I mean, he, he was doing the whole dark gimmick, the the sleeper cell, Sean tempers. That shit was tight. And then uh, he moved over and started doing the, uh, the more serious gimmick. And that his match with Ace Rockwell for the NWA, NWA us heavyweight title was one of the best matches I've ever seen. Uh, that, I'd put that up against just about anything you can put on a major promotion. All right. uh, and then getting to meet Tempers and work with him at uh, at um, Empire. Empire, yeah, thank you. Getting to work <laughs> with him at Empire and getting to actually know him and talk to him and stuff. That was like just a fucking dream come true. You got to talk to him on the Empire State Building? Yes, that's exactly what I mean. That's what yeah, I uh, but yeah, that that was really cool, and he gave me a lot of great advice too when I was coming up, uh, which was just like it was like I was talking to one of my heroes uh, constantly, so it was just like cool as hell. Um, but yeah, tempers number seven, and my number six, uh, Randy Savage. Savage was uh, old Randall, and you know I didn't know Savage from wrestling at first. I knew him from the Slim Jim commercials. <laughs> hey man. I mean, those things were every fucking where for a I while. Mean, he can he can do it all. He can snap into a slim gym. He can fucking eviscerate hamsters. <laughs> what do you Think mean? Oh, have y'all not seen Savage's appearance on the Weird Al show? No. No. Where uh he comes out and Weird Al starts talking shit and he's like, I'm gonna beat your ass. And then he brings out Harvey the Wonder Hamster to fight Savage for him instead. And Savage just does a fucking running elbow drop and flattens him. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm definitely putting this in the group chat as soon Thank as you. we finish. I cannot believe y'all have it. That is honestly in my opinion, like of all his media appearances outside of wrestling, that is my favorite. No, no, my favorite media outside of wrestling he was in was um, you remember remember on the old Dexter's Lab cartoon where they would do the uh, sometimes they do the side character yeah. ones. Yeah, like, the they had Monkey, and then they had the Justice Friends. Well, they did mm -hmm. one episode of Monkey. And he was the voice for Rasslor, the alien that came down from outer space. And he was going to destroy the planet unless somebody could give him a challenge. And he just mows through all these superheroes. And he refuses to fight the monkey. And then the monkey keeps coming back. And then fucking he just blasts the monkey. The whole thing was fucking great. Like, Randy Savage as a voice actor is amazing. <laughs> Who wants to go next? Ah, fuck it. I'll go then. <laughs> I'll go. Um, I had a few honorable mentions too, and these women were hard to leave off the fucking list. I had uh, Bull Nakano, who I had completely, really forgotten about for a long time until my girlfriend started training. And I will like, fucking I was, fight you, Jake. Well, I was looking up, you know, 
people for her to watch. And I was like, God damn, Bull was fucking good. You know, through the best. Through more, through more mature eyes, I've I got a new appreciation for how good she was. Um, the original Tiger Mask, because <laughs> goddamn, like the flippy shit the kids are doing now. It, it's it's because of guys like him. And that was back in like 81, 82, you know. Um you may be surprised that he ends up as an honorable mention, but CM Punk ended up way down. Yeah, I couldn't. Th- there's some of these guys I couldn't budge, but Punk got Did not there. see that coming. And uh, my last honorable mention would be Brian Danielson. Because it's, trust me, this list is it's kind of packed. So, <laughs> but um, number 10, Jake Roberts. And that's. Okay. I'm honestly surprised he's that low. Well, yeah, considering that you used the DDT as a finish. Well, see, that's <laughs> why he ended up coming back. Like in more recent times, when I really had to think about this, because of the promos and stuff that I've been having to do, and bringing the DDT back and making that a legitimate finish and stuff. I've been watching a lot of Jake, and he, fuck, if you asked me this like three or four years ago. He may not even been on the list. I always liked him. I mean, you got to stick up for your fellow Jakes. So, <laughs> you know, it's just because it's more recent for me now, and I just have an even better appreciation for him than I did before. Uh, number nine, I had uh, Rob Van Dam. Yeah, yeah. I, I always liked Van Dam. Like, it, like 2002, 2003 was like peak Van Dam for me. When he was like the dude in the IC scene and he was having good matches with everybody. He was a fucking mechanic, dude. He was having good matches with everybody put him out there with. No matter what dog shit you gave him, he made the best out of it. And that ladder match for the uh I believe it was the it was the European and the hardcore belts, maybe, but it was him versus uh Jess Hardy. Mm. Yep. God damn. That is one of my all time favorite matches. The invasion pay per view, was it not? I could have sworn it was on TV. Oh, well, they did. They did a, a match, a unification match. I think it went at the Invasion pay per view, and Jeff took that gross bump through the uh, the weird X shaped stage because Jeff was pulling him up, and and Van Dam does that weird like inside out kick and fucking kicks him off the fucking stage. I love that match, and I'm not a huge Jeff Hardy fan by any means, but I love that match. It's so good. I, I love that. I loved any time he stepped in the ring with Eddie Guerrero. Oh yeah, yeah. Him and the Eddie. battle, the battle of the frog splashes. Mm-hmm. What was that one ladder match they had on TV when that fucking fan jumped the rail and fucking pushed it over and fucking Eddie beat the shit out of that guy? A obligatory Jerry Lynn feud mention. Of course, you have to. Jerry Lynn's the fucking man. God, I love Jerry. He was so good. Underrated. He's probably one of the most underrated wrestlers there ever was. And I'm sad I didn't get to incorporate him in this list because Jerry needs love. Um, number eight, Oscar. Okay. Wait. Which? Actually, never mind. I already know which Oscar you're talking about. <laughs> I would have specified if it was Lioness Oscar. Now it's Oscar. Current Oscar. Like she's so good. She's so good. And I feel like she'd get more of a push if her if it wasn't for that whole hang up of like, oh, she just not does she doesn't know English that well. So. So, so <laughs> you, you stick her with a mouthpiece if you have to, but I don't know. She's just, to me, she's the best woman on the feds roster. 
to me. And I've been saying that since she showed up day one. And I thought it was an insult to her that they put her in fucking <clears throat> in developmental at all. But, you know, whatever. That's me. <laughs> um, number seven would be uh, Finn Balor. Because I've been down for that dude since he showed up. Balor, are you including, like, did you? Okay. All. Prince Devitt and everything? Okay. Which I didn't know a whole lot about him as Prince Devitt until he showed up in the Fed. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'd heard the name and I knew he did the thing, but, like, I didn't really go through like seriously seriously watch a whole lot of his like early stuff especially like his apollo 5 5 thing with taguchi and all that stuff <coughs> and like i knew he was the he was the bullet club guy and all that stuff but and then uh number six shinsuke that one makes sense yeah i i adore him like he came in and i was hyped as a motherfucker for him to come in i don't know i like his ddt counterpart way better Chinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> uh, but I do I do knock Shinsuke for the fact that there's a lot of people that run around claiming they know what the fuck strong style is and they have no idea what the fuck strong style <laughs> is. It's like, oh, I love strong style wrestling. They're like Masala rules. It's like, that's not strong style. It's a completely different thing. We've talked about doing an episode about that, but yeah, that's my six. And it was hard. Like, that was really hard. Like, I sat around for a while thinking about that. <coughs> Will, how about you go next? All right. <clears throat> this is the one I was waiting for. So, honorable mentions. Number one, fuck all of y'all, Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn is, honestly, it was really hard. Like, Jerry Lynn was initially on the list, and then it just kept, like, slowly getting he kept going whittled down out. But Jerry Lynn is, in my opinion, like, like you said, the most underrated wrestler of all time. Mm-hmm. He never truly got the flowers that he deserved, but god damn we at least got some really fucking good matches and at least ring of honor gave him his flowers, but it was definitely kind of like too little too late. But yeah, he he was my main honorable mention, honorable mention. Number two would have to be Jonathan Gresham, the pride and joy of Atlanta. He's getting absolutely. a lot more attention on him lately, so he has. I absolutely just eat up everything this man fucking does. I think he is by a mile the best technical wrestler in the US, and the gap to second is so fucking massive. And then uh last honorable mention, just to keep it a little more condensed, is Dragon Lee one of my personal favorite luchadors of all time. Even though he's not even been around a terribly long time, he already... He has all of the qualities you need to be a king in Mexico, which is be way fucking stronger than your body type shows, be fast as dog shit, jump really high, and don't put people (coughs) over. (laughs) <laughs> everything you need 
I feel like that's almost got a little bit of that Zack Sabre Jr. feel to it, too. Don't put anybody over. <laughs> Fucking love Zacky. That's my dude. But this, honestly, the 6 through 10 is a little bit tough, and I would say the individual rankings might be a little bit more flexible and fluid. But number 10 is... Malachi slash Alistair slash Tommy End. That man was, I definitely think his runs in the U.S. have been very underdeveloped. But man, when he was on the European Indies, there was no one that could touch what he was doing. He was what I think Bray Wyatt thinks he is. <laughs> Fucking Shane's face. <laughs> I would. I, He's I, not I, wrong. He's I, not wrong. This is probably going to shock you, but I think he's right. I thank you. Like, especially, I'll post the Savage clip. But there's a couple promos in particular from his WXW run, where he was the Unified Heavyweight Champion and. <clears throat> His little like backstage vignette promos were everything that Bray has been trying to do for years, and someone already perfected it in the middle of a basement in Germany. Well, see, it's not just a gimmick for him though. Like he's no, like he's actually about that shit. Whereas Bray definitely feels like more like it's a great aesthetic bray to me feels more like a movie character whereas end feels like an actual like he's been in a couple cults he's run a cult (laughs) yeah (laughs) but coming in at number nine is yoshinari ogawa good old rat boy (laughs) I think he is, he to me is the most slept on guy in Japan. Like I, I know he has literally held everything in Noah, but it's, especially when they had him as a heavyweight, they didn't know what they had until they bumped into the junior division, but people would not be doing roll-ups all the time if there was no Ogawa. Because that man taught the world how to do roll-ups that don't look like shit. But Yoshinari Ogawa at number nine. Number eight. Oof. This one was a little bit tough to whittle him all the way down here. But Katsuyori Shibata. Love, love me some Shibata. Literally like Every other conversation I have with Jake is about Shibata. Dude, we talked about Shibata for like an hour and a half uh, Saturday at work before. Yeah. He had to go to his show and I had to go to mine. But like, we talked about Shibby for like an hour and a half. It was awesome. (laughs) But Shibata is just, there's no one else really quite like him. He is my favorite kind of like i'm gonna be a hardcore shooter in wrestling but i'm actually really bad at fighting because man his mma run was absolute dog shit but man throw him in some wrestling ropes and he can cook some fucking magic his 
at the time, unfortunate injury and retirement match against Okada at Sakura Genesis, still one of my all-time favorite matches. I think that tells one of the greatest just singular stories that a pro wrestling match has ever told. I don't know. The sound on that fucking headbutt, though. Man. It burns my stomach, dude. It's, it's still burned into my mind. <sighs> but that was number what? That was number eight? Sure. So number seven, oof. This one was also real fucking tough to whittle him down because initially I was like, he's like my number three. Dan Shoko Dano. The true ace of DDT. I think that man has perfected comedic wrestling and has managed to whittle it down to I've got my three key things because that is what top guys do. And I mean, he's electric. I don't know. Can y'all think of any other pro wrestlers that have literally saved a show because the power went out and powered the building with his ass? (laughs) <laughs> no no it cannot Bret Hart could never uh, nobody could power a building with his bitterness I'm sure exactly there was one time where uh, he even they one of my personal favorite moments of his where he's posted up on the apron or not on the apron on the turnbuckle ass out like usual and uh, the power starts failing, and so they wheel out the backup generator, and it was a 10-man tag. And so you have one person holding the generator, and then Dano's ass on a turnbuckle, and then the other eight wrestlers formed a human chain connecting his ass to the generator to save the show. Uh, God, shit. The one DDT then- show I went to, he got his ass out, and that was like the loudest pop of the night. Oh, yeah. and number six is Bull Nakano Mm. the greatest (laughs) the greatest women's wrestler of all time the only other person that you could really say that holds a candle to that is Manami Toyota yeah and And Bull was for lunch a few times Bull was another one that was initially in the top five, but kind of whittled out. But God, she just understood everything you needed to just look like a fucking badass at every given second. Mm -hmm. There's a reason she's the one I showed... You know, Katie, when Katie was like, I want some good girl wrestlers to watch. And she, the goal was <laughs> top of the list. I was like, watch her. All right, Shane. Well, let me pull out my notes. I had to get these honorable mentions out of the way. Um, Taz. Yeah. All right. He's, I can do that. Uh, that's a good one. I love some Taz. Um, Blue Demon Jr. Yes, sir. Always, I always love some Blue Demon Jr. Huh. See, that's what we've never talked about this. So, like, my list is going to be you're going to be like, who's why the fuck? 
Um, that was it. Like, I can see Taz, but Blue Demon, okay. And then um, I'm going to put Beth on there. Beth it's Phoenix? Honorable. Yeah. The late great Beth Phoenix? The late great Beth Phoenix. Um, just because she was a real trendsetter. And, like, putting her on the list, it was a hard, hard trying to place her. Because Beth can wrestle women. Beth can wrestle men. She's the whole total package. Uh, but my number 10 is going to be Chris Canyon. Because who better? Who better? Uh, he's very... Apparently nine other wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mortis, for one. Yeah. Two. Mortis is cooler than Canyon. I mean... Chris Canyon was the uh, Alliance MVP. So let's not get that. Um, number nine is going to be Buzz Sawyer. I think Buzz Sawyer was one of those guys that was on his way to be world champion until the unfortunate events that happened. And uh, I think it's a crime. Because, like, his promos were great. There's, like, one promo. I always wanted to try to recreate it. I didn't think it'd ever look like. He was out there with a fucking logging chain. And he was beating the fuck out of center blocks. Breaking them. Just talking shit. The whole time. Building up his match. I'll have to share it with you. It's, it's pretty cool. My number eight. I'm going to go with Billy Kidman. E.K. Bomber. <laughs> He's one of the best cruiserweights that WCW had. Yeah. Oh, easily. That man was like, despite them, I feel like a lot of people would not like to admit it, but Billy Kidman was very much a cornerstone for WCW for a while. He was almost oh, certainly every episode of TV, Nitro and Thunder, week in, week out. Oh, yeah. And, like, his runs he had were great. His matches were always great. He had a beautiful, um, you know, shooting star press. The man got a good match out of Hogan. Yeah. Like, that was that's actually one of my all-time favorite Hogan matches, which it's hard to pick one because, I mean, they're just all so terrible. I didn't know anyone had a favorite Hogan match. Um, I actually do, if you want to hear it. SummerSlam 2004 against Shawn Michaels? No. That's, no, that's, that's funny. I love that match just because of the oversells. But I'm going to go with the WrestleMania match against The Rock. Mm-hmm. That was probably the best Hogan match ever. And it was mainly because The Rock and how simplified he could keep it. Plus, you know, he turned him babyface in the match. Because everybody was like, ah, it's Hogan Rock. But um, number seven would be Roddy Piper. It was hard. It was hard to place him at number seven. Just because I love Roddy Piper. I actually met Roddy Piper. And, uh, 
you know, I have his autograph back here on the wall somewhere. But uh, fucking awesome guy. Um, you know, it was hard for me to leave him off my list because <coughs> I, I modeled a lot of my work off Roddy Piper when I was in the ring. Yeah. Like the slow, methodical work rate that was all from Roddy. See, yeah, I was never a huge fan of like Roddy's in-ring work. It was always his promos and and his personality and shit that really got me. Like, was, do you have uh, a moment to hear about our Lord and Savior Roddy Piper versus Greg Valentine in a dog collar match for the U.S. title? I will see that, and I will raise you Bret Hart versus Roddy Piper at WrestleMania Eight. Bret Hart could never. Nah, that match is it's one of my top five favorite matches. <coughs> My number six, and he's been mentioned several times on the podcast, and uh, I think it's a fitting spot for for him. I'm going to have to go with Uncle Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn! Several reasons, uh, besides the fact that another great cruiserweight. I love watching cruiserweights. Cruiserweight in a very loose definition, too, because that man was yoked. Yeah, but... Uh, You could punch him a few pounds one way or the other, and he was in or out of your division. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I got to work with him on a couple of shows back when he was ROH champion, so I got to spend a little time with him. Hell yeah. And uh, so, yeah, Jerry, I, I feel like number six is a good spot for him. And I, I'm sure you guys are probably surprised about some of these people are on the list, but I'm the biggest shock for me from yours was Blue Demon Jr. getting mentioned. Yeah, yeah. I would have never guessed the Lucha guy would have cracked anywhere close to your top ten. Well, I will say Blue crazy. Demon Jr. is a very like non Lucha Lucha guy, though. That is fair, but he could still do it if push came. <laughs> It's just, I don't know, it's the character for me, too. Like, the way he presents himself. Yeah. He looks like Lucha royalty. Oh, yeah. The very I mean, simple- shit, even his matches now where he's far too old to be putting on the clinics that he used to, but even now he still carries himself like a fucking god. Yeah. <coughs> and I think and that's always been the draw to me for him. And I just love lucha wrestling in general. I know that's probably another shock for people. I think it's more the culture than anything. And, you know, with the mask and and all that stuff. And I think it's the culture there that really draws me to uh, lucha wrestling. And him being a big guy, because he's he's fucking, back in the day, he was jacked. Yeah, he's like 6'3", and he was like 240. He was a big dude. Yeah, and here he is. He's fucking doing all this shit. And that's... Mm-hmm. <coughs> I kind of based my wrestling style off that a little bit. You know, now that you say that, I can see it a little bit. I was like, since he's such a big guy and he moves so quick, man, yeah. I, I can do that shit too. So, um, yeah. It was hard not putting him on the list. Even if he was top, even if he was 10, I still don't think it would have been a good good spot for him because there's so many other people that I could go, okay, that's a lot better. And, I, and this is like when we get to five through one, 
Now that I'm really thinking about it. One of them, you're going to be like, and my reasoning for it, because I just think he was the better of the two. Uh, you know, hell, I'll just give, I'll tell you right now, five is going to be Owen Hart. He was the better of the two, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I'll give yeah. you that. <clears throat> I agree. There's always the, I feel like that's how it is a lot of the times with these, like, brothers in wrestling is usually the one that gets pushed the most is not actually the best of the two. What I like to call the Matt Hardy effect. Well, Owen was the better all around wrestler. Whereas Brett was the, the better like technician and storyteller, but, but Owen was a better promo. Owen was more athletics. Owen could, was a little quicker, you know? So I, I, I get it. There was just more money to be made with Brett than there was with Owen. I honestly think that there could have been more money with Owen just because of that vibrant personality. I mean, he had he had the look. He had that nice like you could run him babyface. He looked like a straight up babyface. You could run him as a heel, like they did, but you can run him add another layer. He had that Von Eric babyface look. Yeah. Oh yeah, but he was so good at playing pesky little brother. Like he had the haircut and he had the voice, and it was the you know he just like ah, come here you little shit. You know like he was the like Webster's dictionary of little shit. You know <laughs> it was so good. So uh, we're back in your fees next week with our top five, which I'm pretty excited about. Uh, never heard. So I'm gonna have to change my five one, my fifth one. Never heard either of yours, and I know, and Will's is probably just going to be off the wall shit, just like this one was. No, mine is my top five is more concrete. Okay, mine has been my my top five has been my top five for probably ten years. My top five actually changed as I was doing this. Hmm. Wow, I didn't realize it had until I was writing it out, and then I was like, "Wow, okay, well, well, different than it used to be." So I'm pretty excited to. Share that one. So uh, keep a lookout for next week. Uh, we'll be back in your feeds with our top five and uh, talk about some more wrestling. Yep. Any uh, last thoughts before we get out of here, guys? I think that's a solid. That was a solid episode. And I think you can name that there. Jake, what do they need to do? Bring money and some listens.